Hello and welcome to Community Conversations. My name is Luke Margolis. I'm the Corporate Communications Director at Atlantic Health System. And this is our first Community Conversation of 2021. So welcome to the new year. For our first one of the year, I'm excited to be joined by the President and Chief Executive Officer for Atlantic Health System, Brian Granulotti, and the Chief Financial and Administrative Officer for Atlantic Health System, Kevin Linehan. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Luke. So um, I'm going to give folks a minute to kind of get into the room, so to speak, and get signed on. But while we do that, I'll give you a little expectation as to uh, how these community conversations work if you're new to our program. Uh, uh, Kevin and Brian and I will chat for uh, roughly about half an hour. Um, if you miss any of this, don't worry. We're going to post the whole thing um, to our Facebook page and to several of our other social media platforms. You can also find it at AtlanticHealth.org, which is a website we'll be talking about quite a bit during our conversation today. And if you would prefer to maybe watch this on television as opposed to on the internet, you can watch it at uh, News 12 Plus, which is on Saturdays and Sundays at, from, uh, at 8.30 and 9.30, excuse me. Uh, and of course, if you prefer audio instead of video, we will be posting audio-only versions of this to our SoundCloud account as well. So that's kind of the, um, the run of show for us. Uh, we have an awful lot to talk about today because our topic of conversation, Brian and Kevin, um, are vaccines and the vaccination program here at Atlantic Health System. But we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening statewide and nationwide as well, because I think, Brian, everybody will come to find that much of this is all tied together. It's all sort of related. And um, I want to start, we have a, a ton of questions, 600 questions from the audience since just this morning. So we'll get to some if we can, as many as we can. But I want to level set for everyone. Um, Brian, if you can, let's talk a little bit about Atlantic Health System's approach to when we stood up our vaccination program and, and what, our, what our philosophy has been since we started this back in December. Yeah, you know, today is, a, is an important anniversary in this country. Um, today is the first uh, patient diagnosed with COVID. Back in 2020. Yeah, yeah, wow. a year, it was a year ago in Seattle. Wow. And um, when you think about that, it's, it's pretty daunting to think about how uh, devastating this pandemic has been. And uh, here at Atlantic, um, since March, we have been taking care of patients with COVID. And to date, we've taken care of over 28,000 patients that have COVID. And even today, as we uh, speak, there are um, probably 275 patients in our hospitals uh, that we're caring for with COVID. So clearly, this isn't going away. But I've got to tell you um, that the light at the end of the tunnel is the vaccine. And we said that at our last session that we did. Um, and now to think that we have two vaccines and they were developed within uh, nine months and rolled out um, and they're incredibly safe and they work really well is nothing short of a miracle. But I got to tell you what hasn't been a miracle. It's been the rollout of the vaccine program. And nationwide, you mean, not just in Yeah, the nationwide. It's, it's, uh, there was no federal plan, uh, and um, um, it was left up to the states to uh, drive this. And the state of New Jersey has done just an incredible job, I think, of trying to coordinate this and making sure we have a standard approach. And here at Atlantic, we've leaned into that, and to date, we've vaccinated over 25,000 people. But I've got to tell you, it's not enough. And uh, we've got to do better in this regard as a country. And um, we've got to continue to collaborate um, with our partners at the state. Um, but we have to have a plan. And um, one came out this morning. This is the Biden plan. 
that came out this morning. And I'm pretty excited about what I see in here. Uh, it's a common sense approach. Um, it uh, deals not just with the vaccine, but also integrates testing and public health and how do we contact trace and do all those things we need to do to rid ourselves of this pandemic. Um, but we have a plan and the goal now is how does this get internalized into the states and then how do we fit into that? But in the meantime, we're gonna keep vaccinating as many people as we can. Kevin can talk about the number of sites we have and the process that we have, but we are fully committed to this in the same way that we're committed to taking care of patients who have COVID. Kevin, with that in mind, um, I know that the mega site has been something that a lot of folks have talked about, but it's not the only site where we are administering vaccine. Can you, can you give us sort of a, a broad overview of those who are interested in getting vaccinated by Atlantic Health System, what is currently available? Sure, so uh, thanks, Luke. So today, in addition to the five uh, centers at each of our five hospitals and the mega center, we have four other sites that, of care. What's the, what's the mega center? So the mega center is in the Sears in the Rockaway Mall. So we've partnered there, great partnership with the state and the county, the National Guard, uh, and Atlantic employees. And we're all working together in our own lanes to get things done there. Uh, and we can we have capacity there for 2,400 vaccinations a day. We're doing about three to 400 there because the supply is not there yet to get there. But that is where we want to get the majority of the patients through now there. And we should be able to get 15,000 or more through in a week at, the, at, that, at, that, at that center as we go forward. But then we're creating these, other, we've created these other sites because we want to get, we, we don't, not everybody can get to the mall quick enough. So we want to be where the patients are. So, so in addition to our hospital centers, we've created four more centers that are active today. You know, if we have vaccine, we can open up them. So they're all open today. They're all not at full schedules. Again, we'll hopefully, you know, we get more vaccine so we can extend the hours. I have two other centers that will be open in about a week. Uh, one for sure will be open on Monday. One hopefully the following Friday. And, and we're out scouting at least two other locations that we can put the centers where the population is, where we want them with, so they can get it uh, and don't have to travel far for their vaccine. And then we're talking about our home care program. Yeah, and we're yeah. talking about doing it immobily. Yeah, uh, so from the home, uh, home care program, you know, we're meeting with the home care staff. Uh, we know certain patients just can't get out. They're homebound. So we're trying to work with the pharmacy on what's a safe way to get to their house with the vaccine. You know, we have to be very careful about how you move that vaccine, particularly after you've dosed it, but we're working with our pharmacy and our home care teams to partner on that. We've bought a mobile van uh, and we've fixed that up with a refrigerator and a freezer in it so that we potentially can get to the sites with the vaccine and get to the sites where the patients are on that. And, and, and so I, I think it's an important, um, I think as we look to understand the, the opportunities and the challenges, frankly, that we all face as we look to administer vaccine, the supply chain part of it is, is an element too, because I think a lot of folks may not understand the, the need to, the process that goes into getting this vaccine ready to administer has an effect on how many people you can administer it to, right? So, and the process by which they get it. So is that, is that because of the cold storage needs for Pfizer that we have those freezers as well, or is it the Moderna Yeah, both well? the Moderna and Pfizer have different requirements for freezing capability. The, the Pfizer, you have to be in a more, or more freeze type freeze, freezer than mm -hmm. the Moderna. Moderna's easier because there for us to move from site to site. But, but both of them, we're, we accept both of them. We're giving the, both of those vaccinations out at each site. Um, Brian, the plan um, that, you, that you referenced, I'm sure, um, provides some really valuable structural framework, but, but it's not, I think nobody can expect it to be a magic wand, right? Correct. And the challenge, you both have addressed it so far, uh, and I think a lot of our audience are interested in hearing it. 
this concept of supply and demand. Um, of, the five, of the 600 questions I, that we got just this morning alone, when we announced we were going to be doing this conversation, um, I would venture to say that 99% of them are some variation upon the theme of, I signed up for an appointment alert at your website. When, am I, when is that going to translate into an appointment? How does supply and demand affect our ability to create those appointment availabilities for people when they're ready? Yeah. So um, once the vaccines were approved, um, there was a plan put forward that the states would receive um, those allocations and determine how they would be allocated within their states. Mm -hmm. And the state of New Jersey, again, did a very uh, good job a uh, collaborative job. I sit on the, the commission that, that, that is advising the governor on this um, to make sure that the, it was done in a fair and equitable manner uh, and that there were um, guidelines and rules applied to this because we knew we were going to be in a short supply situation and we did not want to overpromise um, vaccines and we needed to make sure that those vaccines got to um, the priorities that were set up. And that's where you understand the things like 1A, 1B. The phases. Yeah, right. the phases that were in place. Right. And the first phase was obviously focused on healthcare workers because we are still in an act active pandemic mode and staffing is a big issue throughout the country and here in New Jersey. So we wanted to make sure that the caregivers were cared for first or vaccinated first. And then long-term care was the second piece because of um, you know, the vulnerabilities of people in, and that are in long-term care facilities, assisted living facilities and, and things like that. saw how hard they were hit during the first yeah, surge. Yeah, during the first surge. I, I got to tell you, though, it's, it's been going better right. on this second surge, and, and, and that's a great news. Um, but what happened a couple of weeks ago is um, the CDC um, increased um, the criteria that we're operating in. The state adopted that. And that added another 4.7 million people to the eligibility rolls. So let's reiterate uh, that. This. That is 4.7 million people in New Jersey alone now who are eligible to receive vaccine. Yeah, because yeah. Of, and, and what those phases were 65 and, and over. So that the pieces that were added last week were people from 16 to 65 that had a series of medical conditions. Right. And one of the more controversial aspects of that here in New Jersey was adding smoking. And that was 2 million people alone sure. in that category. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the second P P grouping were 65 and above. All individuals 65 and above. Right. And, and I think the other part that people forget, when they hear healthcare workers, they think it's hospital workers, but it's all healthcare workers. We have thousands and thousands of physicians and their office staff who are out there on the front lines. And, they're part interacting of with patients and, all the time. And they're part of the healthcare team that we've got to make sure that we get vaccinated in that 1A side. So I think the, the 4.5 million number resonated with me, um, especially loudly when I think the, the healthcare commissioner said recently that New Jersey as a state is only receiving about 100,000 doses of vaccine per week. So when you think about that imbalance of the, of the eligibility versus what's available, you can begin to see a little more about that supply and demand issue. I want to take one moment and just there's a lot of questions about process. How do you go about signing up for an alert? So I want to do just real quickly, and then we'll, we'll jump back to our discussion with, with Brian and Kevin. Um, so the first thing you need to know for folks who are listening, if you're interested in getting a vaccine, a vaccination rather, at Atlantic Health System, is you have to go to our website and sign up for an appointment alert. And you can do that by going to atlantichealth.org slash COVID vaccine. 
And when you get there, you're going to see a little orange button that's going to say Get Appointment Alert. Really important, you click on that and fill out the information as completely as you can that follows that. What will happen is your information will then be put into a queue. And as we get vaccine, we will be able to release more vaccine appointments and you will get an alert saying you are, you are now able to come and schedule your appointment. Go ahead and do so. And you'll be instructions on how best to do that. Um, now, I, I hope everybody understands that, that along with that 4.5 million in terms of eligibility, that results in a large number of people signing up for alerts. And right now, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of about 150,000 people who have signed up for appointment alerts. So that gives you some sense of the scale. And we just hope that everybody understands that we are marching through that list as we are able to. Brian, I think um, the phrase that somebody, I heard somebody say to me today is, when we, we give it when we get it, or when we get it, we're going to give it. Correct. And, and I think that folks are, are, hopefully that provides a little contextual understanding as to, as to how these appointments work, these appointments are set up. And Kevin, why are appointments important? Why don't we just, why don't you just have people walk up and go? Why, why yeah. do they have to do an appointment? A great question. It's about safety, it's about having a process. You know, we want to keep our team members and the patients safe. And so we don't want long lines. Remember COVID, we need to be six feet apart. So there's gotta be an orderly process mm -hmm. on that so that, we ha so that we can keep everybody safe. We also know we're only gonna get X amount of doses. So we don't want people showing up every day and, we, and then we can't meet that demand or that need mm -hmm. and, and get that frustration. You know, for example, you know, we get notified each week from the state how many doses we're gonna have. We had about 6,000 this week. We have to allot how many that we have for the second dose. So I subtract that right. from that first. Then I, go, I know I have, in this case, say I have 2,000 second doses, I have 4,000 left. Between our 10 centers, how do I separate that? that oh, and all those first geography, doses then in go. all those counties on there, so on there. So again, our team, very frustrated. We want to keep dosing and giving them out. We got the staff there. It's a matter of getting that vaccine so we can get them back out. But it's important to have an orderly process so that we can keep everybody safe, both, both the patient and the team member uh, as we roll out this process. Yeah, and that, the concept of getting an appointment was adopted by the state. Mm -hmm. That was part of the process that the state went through. And you compare that or contrast that to Florida, where yes. the, the state of Florida basically left it up to each county to determine that. And I know that I have friends that literally go county to county trying to figure out where they're going to get in line mm -hmm. to get the vaccine. A few counties have appointments. They attempt to do that but then they end up um, sitting in lines. Some folks even get slept outside, I heard, to get vaccinated in Florida. And you can yeah. do that in Florida, that's not gonna work right now in New Jersey. Yeah, it was 17 right. degrees outside morning. Uh, this yeah. morning. So, and, um, and we don't want that, quite frankly. Right. No. We don't want that because that's not good for patients and ultimately it's not gonna be an effective way to get this vaccine out. How, how much of a game changer would a third vaccine be? Or how, do, how helpful will additional vaccines be as they come online? And Brian, what have you heard about any other manufacturers and, and where we may be in that process? Clearly, the more vaccines that we have, um, the quicker it's gonna, we're gonna be able to get everybody covered because there are production limits for each of the uh, vaccines. I think that what's happening with J&J &J is very interesting. Johnson & Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Johnson & Johnson. It's on a different platform, um, and it is a single-dose vaccine, okay. and its handling requirements are a lot uh, less severe than yeah. Pfizer or Moderna in terms of uh, cold temperatures. Um, so I think that uh, if that goes through the process over the next month, um, and you know, I think we're going to over this week or next week here, here an update on that. 
I think that that's going to be a game changer uh, in this vaccine game because it will really uh, allow not just another vaccine to enter the market, but one that is simpler to administer and um, will have the ability to scale into different sites. That's one that could clearly sit in the doctor's offices yeah. um, uh, and be administered as, as a flu vaccine is. And that's really what it's gonna take. So I'm hopeful about that. And then there are candidates that are still uh, in the pipeline. Um, and um, that's, that's part of this whole equation. Because remember, we think about this in New Jersey. We think about this in the US. This is a global problem. And in order to um, get this virus uh, under control and this pandemic under control, we're gonna have to have all types of solutions. And they've gotta be able to, as Kevin said earlier, meet people where they are. Uh, a question um, regarding, from our list regarding Kevin, um, if you sign up for an appointment alert, is that <clears throat> just for the mega site or does that put you in play for, for any of our locations? Yeah, no, no, great question. If you sign up for that alert, you're on, you're on the list for all our locations. So as we have openings and you meet the criteria that we're following the state criteria for, on there, we will release those um, every day appointments and we will follow that same list. So we will get we will get you back out. You're gonna have a little patience with us. We're doing the best we can. Again, as much as we can get in, the quickest we get it in, the quicker we'll get it out to everybody on that side. Um, in terms of um uh, a question, I'm sorry, there we go. See, this is coming in real time, folks. This is the Facebook Live world we live in here. Uh, the website for alert, uh, for alert sign up, again, go to AtlanticHealth.org slash COVID vaccine. You will see an orange button on the right side. If you're looking at it on a desktop, you'll see it on the right side of your screen. Uh, you'll click that and then it'll bump you down to some fields where you can enter in your information and then you click don't don't forget because I've had phone conversations with people who forgot to do this don't forget to click submit yes. uh, for those of you who may be um, less fluent in the computer world just typing it in isn't going to automatically submit it to us you've got to hit that submit button that'll then push it through and a little screen will pop up that'll say you have now been signed up for alerts and, and to expect an email when we have the right. opportunity to provide you with it. Much like if you order on Amazon, you get that receipt, it's a receipt back Exact out. same process. Submit, but we've, we've had a lot of calls on that. Um, but I think one of the important questions that we need to discuss though is not everybody orders on Amazon. Sure. Right. Not everybody has the ability to do this. And um, you know what are we doing um, in that regard? So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, comment? no, we got to we got to make it. We have to come up with multiple ways for people to make appointments here. And we know not everybody can, has a computer, and nobody has everybody has an email address. So we're we're, about, we're working in the process of setting up a call center uh, for as another another option for mm -hmm. people to get in, so that they could call and we could help them online schedule or online get them into the to an appointment on that. So it's something in process. We hope to have something up in the next week or so on that, but we do hear the community, we're listening and we're looking for other alternative and other ideas, uh, but we will establish some kind of call center so that we can, f for those other people that can't get in, can't use a computer to get on there. Kevin makes an interesting point. I know that a lot of folks have submitted some feedback to us through our, our info at uh, email addresses and, and through the contact us form on the website. Uh, rest assured, we get and see all of those and read them. And a lot of the things that we've been talking about today have been spurred on through information that's been shared with us, feedback that's been shared with us. So uh, please don't be shy about uh, sharing your experiences with us. As we can improve this process, uh, we will certainly look to. I, th it's at this time I also want to mention the New Jersey Department of Health has uh, a site for you to register on as well. Uh, it is different from ours. It is not the same uh, process, but 
Nevertheless, you should avail yourself of that opportunity as well. There are also, there's also a list of, of places where people can go uh, across the state uh, to pursue vaccines. So um, again, feel free to check that out. Uh, the NJDOH website has all of that listed there as well. Um, one of the questions we got, uh, and this is a little bit more of a, of a scientific one, do we, do we know if we'll be back doing this again next year? Do we know if the vaccine is gonna last uh, long enough? I, I know we're sort of learning some of, about this, some of this as we go, but we don't really know the answer to that yet, do we, Brian? We don't, because um, rem remember, um, we've been at this for, um, uh, in terms of a study phase, uh, over nine months but we really need to see the, the longer term uh, data on that. So we don't know. My guess on this, uh, based on the feedback I've gotten from our scientific experts is probably right. there is gonna be an ongoing need for uh, vaccination, uh, but we just don't know the answer to that question yet. Kevin, one of the questions we got a lot of is, um, um, are we getting both types of vaccine because some, Parents have reached out to us and said, I have a 17-year-old child who's an EMT, or um, I have a, a, an immunocompromised teenager, uh, 16 and older, who, I, who, who lives with me or, or who I'm related to, who needs to get signed up. But that's only Pfizer, right? Uh, Moderna's just for 18 plus, right? Right, so, so yes, to, for, to the first question. We, we, we are doing both Pfizer and Moderna, and, and you know, we reached out to the commissioner and the governor and said, we'll take whatever you got, and, right. we'll, and we'll figure it out. They do have a little bit of different requirements today, uh, Pfizer, 16 through 18, uh, for, uh, can be used for Pfizer for, the, for those who are qualified and eligible for on that. Every, you know, 18 and above is for Moderna right now. So you know, we have to, again, we're doing our scheduling, know what sites are going to be Pfizer sites versus Moderna, and that will change week to week depending on what the supply is. So certain weeks we may get all Pfizer one week, and other weeks we'll get all Moderna. So that's why we have to have flexibility on the schedule, and when, that's why we're releasing the appointments when we know what we got in here. Uh, but when we can, we'll try to create a, a Pfizer clinic each week so we can get those high-risk 16 to 18-year-olds at least one of our sites. The important thing to remember, though, is if you get a Pfizer, if you get a, a, your primer vaccine is, is Pfizer, right. your booster is going to be, be Pfizer. Pfizer. Yep. And we do that. That's why we work with you to schedule your second yeah. appointment. Yeah, nobody leaves from after getting their first dose without a second appointment already set up. So you will get that second dose appointment before you leave on that side. And that's, I, I think, the other thing that I heard the commissioner reiterate the other day during one of the governor's briefings was they really want folks to try to get their second shot where they got their first shot. So yeah. try to have, try, try. I know while the opportunity may be out there to, to pursue vaccine in a number of different places, it's important that you try to get your second dose where you got your first. Um, so I know there's a lot we're throwing at you here. If you, if you need some more information and you've heard some, some a point that you might have missed or, or maybe you thought you might have heard something but weren't sure, our website also has a ton of FAQs on them, both in English and in Spanish, by the way. Uh, in fact, we have a Spanish page on our website, a, a page on our website devoted uh, for Spanish language information. You can find that at AtlanticHealth.org slash COVID Espanol. So if you need, uh, if, if you're maybe you're more comfortable in, in receiving your information in Spanish, please avail yourself of that information as well. I'm sure you'll find that, and I hope you'll find it to be useful. Um, Brian, we, we've <coughs> talked a lot about um, expectations um, and, and, and satisfaction and some of the frustrations that people are feeling. And I'm wondering, how, do you understand the frustration that some folks are feeling right now, not just in New Jersey, but around the country about the rollout on this? I mean, you've, through your, your, your position with the American Hospital Association, you've heard a lot of discussion around this. Um, 
What's your what, what's your sentiment as to where we are in this process as we've been at this rollout now for a little over a little over a month, really? I completely uh, understand the frustration, and I hear it uh, across the country. And I get like you a lot of those phone calls about you know where can I get a vaccine or yeah. uh, you know, and I, I get it from friends that are in different states. I get a lot of Florida calls mm -hmm. uh, about uh, about that. So um, I, I completely understand that, and uh, you know. I, I got to tell you that we, at the beginning of the pandemic, it reminds me of the testing situation. And, sure. you know, I have said to you many times, I've said it in multiple media outlets, that testing was a problem. Testing was a problem in the middle, yeah. <laughs> beginning, middle, and testing is still an issue right now. And testing is going to be part of this key going forward. And we still don't have a testing plan in this country. Well, the same thing got happened with the vaccine. I think we had an incredible effort behind getting a vaccine developed and plowing money into, uh, from the federal government standpoint, plowing money into this to get the drug companies to do this uh, in, a, in a quick and safe way, but then to start production also before they had approval. Mm -hmm. That was all pro part of, pro uh, of warp speed. What I don't think was very clear then is how it was going to get distributed and put in people's arms. Because as you hear a lot, getting a vaccine is one thing, getting it into somebody is another. Because there's a lot of countervailing forces there in terms of how people feel about vaccines also in general. Yeah, sure. So we haven't had a plan. And the states were given that responsibility. Here in New Jersey, the state did a very good job of putting a plan together. Everybody can pick at pieces of it. But in general, it was a plan that dealt with need and being equitable and fair uh, and, and being able to execute on it. The breakdown has been at the federal level where we can't get a predictable supply of vaccine. So again, we now have a plan under the new administration. The question is going to be, will this, a, will this be able to be executed on quickly? And that's going to be our challenge. But in the meantime, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, which is we're constantly on the phone with the state, mm -hmm. the state's advocating for us with the federal government as a state to get the vaccine. Our goal in the state of New Jersey is to get out as much vaccine as we can so that we get more uh, into the state of New Jersey. Um, and because the more you administer, the more you get. Right. That's the theory that hasn't always laid right. out yeah. in practice right. Um, right. as you look at the, the variations. Um, and so expanding the criteria was part of that plan to, to be able to, 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 to get more out. And what I mean by that is the more tight your criteria are, the harder it is to fully expend that resource because you don't have the flexibility sure. that you need uh, maybe in a given site at a given time. And so the state has actually been active most recently in redistributing vaccine where they're seeing that it perhaps isn't being used uh, where it's appropriate. And I think that the governor is putting on appropriate pressure to companies like Walgreens that really aren't necessarily living up to the commitments that they had made about getting their doses of vaccine out. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing here in New Jersey until we begin to see the federal plan change. And I know that uh, our governor is spending a lot of time with the transition team before uh, uh, yesterday and now with um, the president's uh, team members uh, overseeing this to help shape how this is going to be executed. 
Let's you know, and, and oh, Luke, ahead, you know, just to build off you know, Brian's comment about the testing, it, just as a reminder too, when, when you get that first dose, you still need to be responsible and wear your mask. You still need to wash your hands. It, you know, yes. until we can get enough of the population vaccinated, we still need to be responsible and wear that mask, wash your hands, keep the social distances on there because uh, we're not at a safer safer point. And it'll take time for until after that second dose for it to all. Uh, kick in, so so you really need to continue to be responsible. Right, that's, just because you get really your shot. That's a really important yeah. point. So. Just because you get your shot doesn't automatically mean there's this barrier of protection right. around you. Um, let's look down the line, and, and we talked about um, the need to increase supply. Let's say we do, and let's say we are able to get all the vaccine we need. How, how many more doses do you think we could do, Kevin, in, in a, with, with when we get to this future yeah. state of all of our places being yeah. set up? What are yeah. we capable of? Well, I, we're working on a plan right now so that we could do eight to 10,000 doses a day. That, that, that's what my go our goal is, to set up, have enough sites that we, we're getting out to our community that, but we, that we could distribute eight to 10,000 doses a day uh, on that. Today, you know, I, on that, I, I probably would have took me two days to use what the allotment from last week would have been. Right. Uh, but, but that's ultimately where we want to get to, and, and I feel confident we can get to that. Excellent. So folks, we are, um, we are just about out of time. Um, I want to thank Brian and Kevin for taking a moment to kind of walk us through this. I want to reiterate a couple of, of, of points that I, that I hope, if you're still watching, uh, if you've tuned in since the beginning, I, I think you'll hear this again re repeatedly, but they're important. Um, just because you didn't sign up right away and have that translate into an appointment doesn't mean that you shouldn't be signing up. Yeah. The fact of the matter is because of the supply and demand issues that we've been talking about this whole time, it's going to take time for everybody who signs up for an alert to get a scheduled appointment. But, but, if, but if you don't sign up, you're not going to get one. Took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly right. If you do not sign up for an appointment, you will not get that email. So sign up for the appointment alert, get on the registry there, and we'll march through that list as soon as we can get enough vaccine to, to facilitate that effort. And, I, and I, I'm sure I speak for Brian and Kevin when I say we appreciate um, all the patience and all the feedback that we've been getting from everybody out there, because I know this is the light at the end of the tunnel, Brian, that we've been talking about um, since this process started. So I want to thank you both for joining us. Uh, thank you, and thank I appreciate you. your time. And thank you for joining us. If you missed any part of this, please be sure to check out the entire thing on our Facebook feed, on News 12 Plus, or on any of our other social media channels. And of course, along with signing up for an appointment alert, you can see this at our website, AtlanticHealth.org. My name is Luke Margolis. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.